Hello, wrestling fans, and thank you for joining us once again as we are reliving the extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello. And Mr. Chad Austin is also with us. Hello. And Chad is uh, accommodating us at friggin' 11 o'clock at night to record this show this week. So I'm sure all of us are going to be enjoying a frosty adult beverage as we do the show. So enjoy, ladies and gentlemen, and we want to thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We are reviewing the episode of ECW from June 22nd, 1993, kind of the fallout from the Super Summer Sizzler Spectacular, although I suspect that this show was recorded before. The oh, summer, yeah. summer Sizzler Spectacular. Just a just a little a little suspect there. I don't know. Maybe three quarters of it. <laughs> I don't know. But anything you guys want to say before we get into this uh, into this uh, garden here? Yeah. <laughs> Find some uh, tomatoes. <laughs> well, I mean, let's be hopeful. It is at the ECW Arena. Yes, it is at the ECW Arena, and. Uh, there are garbage cans involved, so there we go. <laughs> for no reason. We start <laughs> for no reason. We start off the show um, with the Sports Channel uh, sign on. Even on the network, they had that on there, and a uh, nice little intro commercial for Polly from Polly Dangerously about the upcoming show. Little TV spot. Um, Polly's Polly's presence is becoming more and more evident on the show as the weeks go on. Didn't that Paulie spot look more and more like what Jason's going to become? Yeah. 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 That, that to me was like, when I saw that, I was like, what, the, what is Paul doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he, is he auditioning? <laughs> uh, my wife was actually, for the first time ever, she was actually on the couch with me when I was watching this episode. And she looks up and she goes, is that Paul Heyman? And I said, yes. And she said, wow, he's so much younger and not fat. <laughs> All right. Good observation, honey. Good observation. <clears throat> so much younger and not fat. Um, yeah, but I mean, there's not, not a whole lot you can say about how much another 10 years and X amount of do- millions of dollars in the debt you are. Uh, you, put a, you put weight on a person. <laughs> a little bit of stress weight. <laughs> I mean, like. Like you know, the, you know the old expression: "You're robbing Peter to pay Paul." Yeah. Well, who the <laughs> fuck is Paul? Is Paul robbed? <laughs> you know, he, like he's running out of guys that have money. <laughs> that, that's what that that's what's going on here. But it's not it's not Paul. It's Gilbert, and mm-hmm. it's um it's um Todd because you know. We, we all can see what Eddie Gilbert has as, as a, an envision. Just going upon what we have next coming up on some of the matches and some of the show. But and Todd's like, I don't know if I had that kind of money. You know? Mm-hmm. That's the way it looks to me. Like, my God, they are they are looking to build something here. And Todd's is going, I'm not sure. I'm not selling uh-huh. enough fucking <laughs> gold rings. <laughs> Robin Todd to pay Paul. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly, man. So we started off the show with the pretty much just almost most of what they showed last week for the Hawk Jimmy Snooker match uh, with the Fireball Kibosh at the end. 
The ECW uh, recaps are way too long. They just need to a video or something would have been a lot better. Aaron, I agree. I think if they would have just said, if they would have just recapped and made a package of it, I mean, even throw Jay Sully's voice over top of it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been less harder to watch than it was. <laughs> because You're watching and just going, cause you know, Hawk's not, he's not working a main event match, you know, like at a big arena. Right, it's an indie match, and Snook is not. It's not. He's doing the same. So I even wrote they just killed ten minutes, and and, and, in my estimation, it's probably more like twelve, twelve thirty, twelve forty-five, based upon the timestamp. But you know what I mean? Like they just killed time because they just didn't have much to put in there. Mm -hmm. Showing us a match we've already seen that wasn't that good the first time around. Um. So now we got we got Jay Sully and and Polly doing the intro, Polly hyping up Eddie Gilbert as the king, and apparently, uh, apparently Stevie Wonderful is busy washing Eddie Gilbert's car. Yes. <laughs> See, like I told you, man, you're you're going to start seeing these guys on their way out. Yeah, the dead. They're going to cut the dead weight, hopefully, and then well, we know they are. They're going to cut the dead weight and. Uh, Start moving in a more positive direction, but Stevie still comes out here to confront Polly. Yeah, and they they hug and waddle off. <laughs> Weird. That's a that, that's a classic forks to the left, knives in the back mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. You know, like you know, Spalls is going, but dude, you have no idea. Like your days are numbered. <laughs> but I and, mean, the whole entire time I was, I'm not sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. No, I, I was just going to move on to the next thing, but go ahead and say what you're going to say. Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I couldn't wait to see the Colos. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight of the whole entire show. <laughs> um, what, I, Ivan, Ivan not telling the world that there, he has a new nephew, uh, one that he probably didn't even know that he had, <laughs> just came along this, out of nowhere. This guy has this scary back motherfucker came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now he's going to be the next Nikita Koloff? I mean, come on. I, I could, I, I, I put a, a, a couple of exclamation points next to that going, why? Why, why? was this on there? I mean, um, even if even if you're going to use Ivan, just bring him in as this, you know, why, why put him with a... <laughs> another funny thing during the segment, like to open the show, uh, Sully says that the Dark Patriot's going to debut tonight. <laughs> He's been on two weeks in a row. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what, wasn't that because of videos? <laughs> well, no, he had a match. He wrestled Terry Funk <laughs> last week. Well, Jay Sully's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, may, maybe that's why he needs to go. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't have that down as a note, but maybe you're right. Maybe that's why he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not long for this world. And then, like uh, like Chad said, we had the Koloffs next. Ivan with new mystery nephew Vladimir Koloff. Um, that guy fucking sucked. I don't know the story on that guy really. He just sucked. He's probably Ivan's driver. He just kind of stood there during the promo, just being there. And like Aaron said, being there and being hairy. 
Yeah, if I had to guess, honestly, I don't know, Vladimir. I've I've been to Walmart's, honestly. This is no joke. I have been to Walmart's where he has been in there, and he had his little table set up. <laughs> and I walked in, and I was like, oh, Vladimir Koloff. And I, I just looked at him, and I was like, oh, my God. And I got my shampoo and my <laughs> my um whatever body wash and and I never I I was like my god he was an ECW but yeah he was a guy that probably uh Ivan trained you know mm-hmm. or if he he didn't train him maybe Jimmy Valiant did and uh, Ivan Ivan could do more for him than Jimmy Valiant could do as far as getting them bookings I mean, what, what was the sense of putting that promo on? Like, <laughs> None. <laughs> like they weren't, they, they didn't come back. It served and, no purpose whatsoever. No, it was just to kill time. And that's what goes back to me with the whole entire Morocco um, other match, Hawk match. They, they were just killing time because they had nothing to fill. Mm-hmm. I know, I'm, I'm almost pretty sure, I guess just because of... Um, the the video at the beginning of the show, the intro video, some of the earlier shows that were before the TV show started, I'm assuming Ivan was on some of those because he's in the opening video. Yeah. So maybe he has some sort of a connection there, but I don't know that we ever see him on the TV show. I mean, I guess we'll find out in the weeks to come, but. Well, no, we won't because I'm telling you, um, my ass is about to come in, and I remember seeing Ivan Koloff in the locker room. So I don't think he was there. Um, the, the only thing I can think of was that background they used for that drop. Mm-hmm. That was an old generic background they used back when ECW was barely even a company. So. So maybe that, that maybe that yeah, promo that was old old <laughs> file footage, old ass random promo. <laughs> like fuck it, it's ninety. Put it in there. It's June of ninety three. This promo is from October of ninety two or something. Yeah, it makes no yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I mean, I mean, because probably at this point, um, God, man, it, it's it's pretty it's pretty early to say, but I can already tell Paulie has his, you know, teeth. Mm-hmm. He's already thinking about it. So, and it's looking like, how can we just, you know, put as many big names? Yeah, just to get. That's why you still team. see Nikolai Volkov on the goddamn fucking open. <laughs> <laughs> just to get, just to get somebody hooked to maybe watch the rest of the product. The next match isn't going to do that though. It's Morocco and Cairo. It was supposed to be as they they announced at the beginning of the show. It was going to be Don Morocco and Road Warrior Hawk for the ECW Championship. And now we have Don Morocco and Tommy Cairo for the ECW championship. Oh, oh good Lord. <laughs> I think I, I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm not even looking at my notes right now. I'm just walking back inside. And I think I even wrote good Lord. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wrote God right next to it. <laughs> and, and the only thing that I got out of this match, you know, Again, how many times it's got to be six weeks in a row that I said I felt bad for Tommy Cairo? Mm-hmm. Because I really think Tommy Cairo is better than he's been presented. And but I, agree. Morocco, I agree with that. Morocco was not going to do anything for him. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's evident. That's evident just by the way that Morocco in the match, if you watch him, the way he takes the backdrops and the way, you know, oh. it's just, everything is so awkward because he's not he's not cooperating. And at the beginning of the match, like they introduce him as the champion and he goes to take his shirt off and to take his shirt off, he just throws the fucking belt on the ground like it's trash. <laughs> like he just slams it on the mat and takes his shirt off. It's, it's funny you mentioned the backdrop because I said – I, I just went like, uh, uh, oh, that backdrop. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was, yeah, it was he, awful. He <laughs> what about that, that, that fucking terrible like drop down cross body block <laughs> fucking spot they do right at the beginning? It's just it's fucking terrible. He almost didn't even go for a body slam mm-hmm. during Cairo's comeback. I mean, like literally, I was cringing because when I saw when I saw Morocco feet up. Like for the comeback, and I saw he was going for a body slam, and he almost didn't even like feet up for it, like like he almost sandbagged him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god, he won't even do that." But yeah, I'm a, I'm totally in agreement. I felt bad. I felt bad for Cairo watching this entire match. Like this poor guy. Yeah, you get to work with somebody who was probably you know one of his you know he was probably a fan. Like, oh, I get to work with Don Morocco. Well, good luck, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was also a, a fantastic roll-up. Mm. Like, oh, for yeah. the finish. Did you remember that? Yeah. Uh, that's in my notes. It says, Don Morocco wins with a very sloppy fucking roll-up. <laughs> oh, that was sloppy? I thought it was a new finish. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought I was going to see it on AEW this week. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, Googled Vladimir Koloff because I wanted to see if anything came up on him. And there's only one story. That, well, the first story that popped up is ex-pro wrestler Vladimir Koloff, Koloff turns, his a chick, uh, turns his attention from the ring to chickens. Apparently the guy became a chicken farmer. Well, now he's one of the Briscoes. <laughs> chickens, chicken chickens in Walmarts, baby. That's enough revenue. He's a chicken farmer now. Well, dude, in in this stage of the game, fuck, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I mean, Walmart's are essential business; they're open, and then you got to have chickens. Got to have chickens. <laughs> yeah, the Briscoes are are living large right now. <laughs> so, uh, anything else on this uh, Morocco debacle? That's uh, terrible. <laughs> no, I, I I'm starting to think like. Whoever, whoever, like, because there was no such thing as an agent back then, you know, right. in them days, there was nobody to tell anybody, like, this is what we're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think I said it on the show before, like, this is what our goal is. So anybody who was involved could do anything better to make the angle better, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't nobody, it's like, Morocco didn't do anything. No, he didn't. He you just. Know? I mean, other than collecting a paycheck, he didn't do anything. Dude, he if he even took that bump over the top rope when he clotheslined him and he tried to, like, catch himself in the top rope mm-hmm. and almost go over. Like, I think he tried to go over the top rope for a second and then realized, oh, I didn't do it the first time and I ain't trying it again. <laughs> like, it ain't happening. And I was just like, all right, well, fuck, he ain't going over the top rope. <laughs> How cumbersome of him. <sighs> so 
the next thing we have on the show is there is a promo with Polly Dangerously and the Dark Patriot. And at this time, it was an obscure reference, but it comes off as an obscure reference. Now, Polly is quoting a the Green, green jelly, jelly song. Yes. He's working the Green Jelly angle here. What's the Green Jelly? What, what is that? The Three Little Pigs. It was a video. Yeah, it was like band, a song. Polly's trying band. to. They were originally called Green Jello, and then Jello sued them, so they changed their name to Green Jelly. And their, their their only song that I of note was a song about um, the three little pigs, and that's what I think Paulie was referencing in this. Oh, he was. He was trying to he was trying to incorporate something that was current into the product, mm-hmm. and it didn't. Oh. Work. <laughs> Not Ivan <All> Koloff. Right. <laughs> it didn't. Well, it didn't I mean, it, it definitely hooked me. <laughs> I mean, I have no idea. I wrote Dark Patriot promo. Okay. Huff and Puff. <laughs> and that's exactly what I wrote. I have no idea what was going on there. And I'm thinking, like, now I'm starting to – now. I mean, we'll get into it as the show goes on, but now I'm starting to see, and you guys will too, the more we start building to this show, what's really going on here. <laughs> and, yeah, when I, when I was like, what the fuck is this? The Huff and Puff thing. <laughs> So I have a question. Then, I, I have a question for you, Chad. Did you do you ever remember Rick Martell working for ECW? Mm-hmm. Any any shows that they ever did? Yeah, he worked for. Um, oh my god, Goodheart. No, it was an ECW show. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe me- Atlantic City. Okay, yeah, because the only reason I asked was because when Polly started li- listing off, you know, legends or whatever that the Dark Patriot was going to face or what have you, uh, he said Rick Martell, and I just never recalled Rick Martell working for ECW. Oh, no. And I didn't, I no, didn't know it, if he was just throwing names around to drop names or whatever, or if it, it was actually there was actually something connected to that. No, hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. Are you saying that Rick Mart that are you talking about 1993? Yeah, when Paulie was cutting this promo, he talked oh, about no, like, no, no. Dick Murdoch and blah blah blah. He was just going through all these legends or whatever, and and he he brought up Rick Martell's name, and I was like, it's weird that he'd bring up that name because I don't ever remember Martell being even associated with ECW, even in the no, early. No, Rick Rick Martell would have been brought up only because of uh, Dark Patriot, but his ties to Global. Okay. You know, I like he, I think that's yeah. what Paulie was doing. I don't think Paulie was saying he's going to fight him. I think he was just list, listing out people that he was claiming the Dark Patriot had beaten. Was what okay. he was doing. I guess this, I, this I guess promo, I, this promo I, was all over the fucking. I guess place. I, I guess I missed the point, or there was no <laughs> point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a resume though. Of all the guys, I'm going to go upstairs and try to make a resume about. I'm going to throw Rick Martell's name out there. <laughs> you know, you know what the thing is. I still owe you, Moondog Spot. <laughs> How dare you treat me that way? You know what the fuck? Why Rick Martell? No, yeah, Rick Martell was probably somebody that Doug that Doug worked in the past. Mm-hmm. Okay, they can just throw it out there. I, I'm guessing. I don't know what the fuck. And with that, leads us to Dark Patriot versus J T Smith. And I know Chad, you said you had uh, you had some some good notes on this match. 
Yeah, I thought it was a. I thought it was a fantastic match for JT. Mm-hmm. And the best is, I could probably take my notes outside and not even look at them, and still tell you where I thought about it. But I'm not. <laughs> um. Yeah, I thought it was a great match for JT. Like, I mean, um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Um, you can see that JT was somebody that Eddie and Paul liked. Mm-hmm. Right? You can see that. Because they wouldn't have put him in there with Doug to begin with. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to put him in there with Super Destroyer number two. <laughs> and... It, it was a great it was a great learning lesson for JT, like how to work the Memphis style. Because if you know you know JT's kind of like reckless, right. and he kind of yeah. you know, and and Doug is an old school Memphis guy. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me still? Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Doug is an old school Memphis guy, and he likes to slow everything down. So he got to tell JT how to how to slow the match down, and. It's funny because the match was sloppy. JT's offense was sloppy, you know, but the match made sense. Right. That's why I, that, that I thought it was JT's best match, and that's probably because of Doug. Definitely, I mean, yeah. Your opinion? J, yeah, I was going to say, <clears throat> I actually have on my note here, JT is less frenetic in this match. He's not – it's not um, – it doesn't seem like he's kind of just – you know, I, I, I'm not saying improvising. That's not the right word, but he's not just, you know, off the cuff. You know, just yeah, he's not he's not herky jerky. Right. Yes. Exactly. That's a good. That's a good expression. Yeah, um, it's a wrestling thing. Like he's not like he's not rushing to the top rope because he knows he has to do a moonsault. You know. Mm-hmm. He's like now Doug's saying like stay down. You know. Sell, sell. Yeah. So that that tells me that somebody in the office had bigger plans for JT, you know, than a, a bunch of the rest of the guys. Right. <laughs> and they're obviously, they're obviously at this point, probably I'm, I'm assuming, well, like, because Eddie's the booker, they obviously at this point have plans for the dark Patriot. They're kind of, they're kind of changing the character from what it was in GWF. He's, he's supposed to be kind of, well, you know, like a reckless or a, a, a not necessarily Mick Foley, but a, I don't care about my body or your body type of character trying to give him kind of a more, um, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but maniacal. Yeah. Maniacal gimmick. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously plans there for that. And they're planting seeds and seeds of discourse already between dark Patriot and Eddie they're planning here. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think there was any big plan. This is this is completely my opinion, and at this point, I'm still a fan. By the way, in the in the stands, mm-hmm. I don't think there was any plans for Doug, like as the Dark Patriot, to be anything more than what he was. But I think he was brought in to be Eddie's ally mm-hmm. because I think the rating was pretty much getting on the wall at this point. You yeah. can start you can start feeling it. Not not as much seeing it yet, but you can start feeling it just by what we were talking about earlier with the earlier match with all them four other guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even remember the names. You don't remember the names with with Palomo and all them guys. Yeah, like you're not going to see them guys anymore. Paul had a big bigger idea, 
And it was much bigger than Todd's, I guess, budget. I don't know. Or, <laughs> or, to, or Todd had the same idea. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Todd had the same idea. At this, Yeah, I was going to say, at this point, Polly and Todd are probably talking more than Eddie and Todd are. I mean, because you know, history's already told us that Todd was a stooge. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Todd was a stooge. Todd was always great to me. But I hear people say, oh, Todd was a stooge. All right, well... Then there you go. He was probably in bed with more than one person, you know? Right. Um, the match does this, breed, go ahead. Sorry, I was, was going to say the match does breed the first like attempt at like a holy shit moment in ECW though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, I just wanted to cover real quick just cause I wrote it down. Jimmy Hoffa is the dark Patriot and you know, they had, they had a sign in the crowd and then Pauly and, uh, and Sully, go back and forth about this goofy Jimmy Hoppy Jimmy Hoppa is the dark Patriot thing, which actually the sign should have read the dark Patriot is Jimmy Hoppa, but whatever. I'm, uh, <laughs> damn, have, I'm, you noticed, I'm, have you noticed that, that, that JT bump that we're getting ready to talk about, which was phenomenal. That was like a signature spot on the opening of the show for how many, how long? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Time. It was the first, it was the first like ECW moment really mm-hmm. in my opinion. It, it was the worst footage, like <laughs> quality-wise, of any of the you know when they started doing the whole like Nine Inch Nails opening and all that shit, and like there was always the worst footage. It was that bump. <laughs> but yeah, I was there. I saw it. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" So they they fight to the back. They or fight to the the back of the arena to head up toward the Eagle's Nest. I did write down here. I just I thought this was fun. That uh, as they're as they're heading up to the Eagles' nest, Dark Patriot is nice enough to close the door behind them. Um, yeah, right. that, that was fun. But anyway, um, they're heading up to the Eagles' nest. This is the uh, is this the first week they're referring to it as the Eagles' nest, or did have they? No, I, I think they referred to it before, but I think that was a, a maybe a mistake, and this could be a Philadelphia thing because mm-hmm. there wasn't anything that I that I knew of. Like I knew what it was because you could see it from where you where you're at. Right. But there was nobody up there. Like even that night, there was no Paulie and Joey Styles up there. They <laughs> weren't up there. They, they were not up there doing the fucking commentary. They may have been during that match, but not during the rest right. of the show because it was all done on that stage behind that curtain. Kind of like they used to do on Raw. You'd watch an episode of Raw and there'd be commentary and then you know, it'd pan over and there'd be nobody at the table. But as soon as somebody needed to do something over by the table, there was somebody by the, t- at the table doing the commentary, that kind of a deal. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. So Aaron, go ahead and take it, take it away about the, uh, the spot here. I was just, they, they fought up there and, and I, I mean, JT took a hell of a bump and you gotta, you gotta give it to Doug too, man. Diving off that thing. That couldn't have been, it couldn't have been easy. Yeah, I, I think I, I have no idea what they did to give J to, to give to get JT to do it. I don't that's have what, any idea. That's what I was gonna ask. Was how like I was just gonna say like how much money did do, do you think he got a bump to like a bump and pay to do it or? Yeah, he did, but I it just to me it would it's not even close. And Doug, I mean, depending on what time frame or what period Doug was in his life, 
You know, it may have been a couple hundred. It may have been something else. I, I don't know. But yeah, that to me was like, why, why are you doing this? Because at the end of the day, which one of you two are being brought back? Yeah. And at the end of the day, neither one of them were. Right. Anything else on that, guys? I I just thought it was a great Memphis-style match to teach JT. And that's what that's what I wrote. The, as 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 clumsy, not this, not the spot. I thought this was very cool, but as clumsy as, and we'll get to it at the end of the show. As kind of pointless and clumsy and goofy as the end of the show is, judging by the way this match was booked, and by the way the the end of this match or the end of the show was booked, this is definitely where you're starting to see that they're they're wanting to go to being extreme instead of eastern, if that makes sense. Um, that's kind of what we're what we're heading toward here. Now we get my favorite promo of the night because it involves the term Lumpy Larry. Yes, Lumpy Larry Winters. Lumpy Larry Winters. <laughs> we're talking to Tony Stetson and the Rock and Rebel, and uh, Rebel just keeps calling Larry Winters Lumpy Larry Winters, and I just kept laughing. <laughs> I, I I wrote, oh God, I'm not even watching this. <laughs> Yeah, I watched it. I mean, I, I didn't pay attention to it, but yeah, I mean, that to me was completely just independent. Like, mm-hmm. IWCCW independent. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't believe that Gino Caruso didn't do a run-in <laughs> with a Kodiak Bear. I was going to say, or we didn't see, what, what what match was it they played like every week on the IWCCW? Big Steamboat. Big Steamboat and Tony Atlas. <laughs> Big Steamboat and Tony Atlas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just like, that. this couldn't be any more generic. And that's what led me to believe that, that Gilbert was just running out of fucking, he's mm-hmm. running out of can shit. <laughs> and that, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, guys. Right? Right. Because that could mean now we got a whole new fucking uh, thing of fresh stuff. Mm-hmm. This promo is leading to a match between uh, it's the Rock and Rebel and Tony Stetson against the Sandman and Larry Winters. Lumpy Larry Winters. Lumpy Larry oh. Winters and and back in his wetsuit Sandman. But like I said, this is obviously a, a match that was recorded before the um, the Super Summer Sizzler. Steak spectacular thing. So, uh, Paulie in the match. Paulie in the match. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I think happened. I think that match was was uh, videotaped at the Cabrini College, and they were holding that over their heads. (laughs) They said, "You know what? You never aired this match." And and then Paulie said, "Oh my God, you're right. We never." We never um, honored our obligation, and you know, and that's something Paul's always known for. <laughs> we need so to use, we need to use this match and the Koloff promo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, seriously, that that reeks of of Mario Savoldi, <laughs> a fake Koloff, and, and and then that promo. That's that's perfect. Like that's that's Savoldi going, hey, you're coming in the you're coming in the Parsippity. Like um 
You know, we need, we need to impose our will. <laughs> During commentary, Paulie calls Larry Winters a young, good-looking baby face. <laughs> Sarcastically. Sarcastically, oh. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you wrote it down because I, like, after I wrote I'm not even watching this. The next thing I wrote, wrote down was Eddie Gilbert, something or other. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I must have I skipped a little bit. Also in my notes, I put that Peaches and Larry Winters have the same haircut. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and right as they're about to fire to the break, Winters and Stetson are fighting on the outside of the ring, and Winters totally falls on his ass. Like, hardcore falls on his ass. He probably yeah, why, does he, why does Larry Winters always look so, like, like awkward <laughs> because, well, I, because, because you never want to, you never want to, you never want yeah, of course, <laughs> but you never want to say he's like awful, <laughs> but like he'll do, he'll do like a forearm smash and then collapse. <laughs> it's like, why did you fall down on one knee after a forearm smash? <laughs> You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Or I'll throw a guy in for a backdrop, and before he goes for a backdrop, he'll, like, crumble to one knee, and the guy has to come off the guys, and Larry only has one knee on the ground going, oh, my God. I got to take a backdrop from a one knee. He's a, he's a hot young got, baby face, though. Yeah, maybe he's got asthma. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, who knows? I mean. But I mean, let's be honest. This is going to be probably the last we're going to see of Mister Larry Winters. Oh, we can only hope. Well, I think it is. It's one of the only times I was watching a match and be like, you know what? This needed any more Sandman. Like Larry Winters <laughs> has been there way too long, way too long. <laughs> well, the only reason why Larry's been there is because Stetson's been there. It mm-hmm. hasn't hasn't Stetson been the guy we've been high on the whole entire time? Yeah, I'm just saying in this match, it was like Larry Winters was in the like 90% of the match, and it was just this this didn't do it for me. This is bad. Yeah, of course that was a that was one of the matches where I was, it's when I said I'm not watching no, none of this. Like it's just it's just on there to kill time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. then you got. You got Polly. He's, he's, he's in the production truck. <laughs> seductively, I put Polly. Polly seductively laying in a van. No, no, he he says I'm Polly dangerously in the ECD ECW production truck. It's <laughs> a fucking Ford Windstar or whatever. It's, like, what the fuck? it's a Ford Astro van. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wrote it down. I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And he's like an Astro star or something. Because <laughs> he calls it the ECW production truck. It's great. I, yeah. I remember. I remember my parents were going to were going to go buy a car in like eighty eight or not, or eighty nine, and they were going to buy one of them fucking minivan things, and all because it had the radio selection in the back seat <laughs> thing, so we could have our own radio. And that was the exact same car <laughs> that we were, we were going to get. And I was, was like, wow, this is awesome. And we didn't get it. And I'm like, dude, he's buying a Ford fucking Aerostar <laughs> or whatever. Like a 1988 like even. 
But it just cracked me up, but they call it the ECW production truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that obviously was a rib. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they had to work with right there. But, yeah, that was obviously a rib. But, yeah, I, I die. I die when I was like, what the fuck? This is Paulie laying in the truck like he's Jason. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> seductively was the word I used on my note was. Yeah, what the fuck? Why is Paulie in a van trying to seduce me? What's going on here? Yeah, what has Paulie ever been a sex symbol? <laughs> yeah, that was that was amazing. Like, I don't even know what was going on there. Like. Like it must, they must have had, they must have had a lot of time to fill. <laughs> but after that, what did we have? The Eddie Hot, the the King of Philly Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert video. Yes. Oh <laughs> and I'm assuming this music that the WWE Network has is not the whatever music they used. No, I think it was. Okay, I think that was the original music. I, I mean, I, I do remember hearing it and just thinking like how generic it was. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it, I was like, "This is generic as all nonsense." But the only thing I couldn't, I, I couldn't help but that it spoke, it jumped out at me was the black family they showed. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. I don't think I was really paying attention to the video. Well, to be they didn't. They didn't really show a lot of fans. Like they showed a bunch of Eddie Gower pictures. But him, like, you know, in all his glory, all you know, all his nonsense. Right. But they showed this one clip of this black family, like, at ringside. They were all cheering for him. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what? The King Eddie, Eddie the King Gilbert is over with the African. In South Philly. An American demo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, it stuck out. I mean, literally, I, I wouldn't even say it if it didn't stick out to me. But I was just like, why do they keep showing this black family? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what is Eddie Gilbert doing, you know, for the community? He's like the Spudnik, Spudnik Monroe of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's definitely not Spudnik Monroe. <laughs> serious question, though. A serious question, though, like, when he started doing the whole King thing, do you think he thought maybe he would, it's going to be able to get Jerry in there? Oh, I'm sure that was the plan all along. Yeah. I have no doubt. I have no doubt because I mean, if we're not mistaken, didn't Carluzzo even book Gilbert and Lawler at some point or. I think so. Yeah, yeah, Coruso would have had to have just out of spite. I mean, not even knowing, I would have thought he would have had to out of spite. And most definitely, and most definitely at this time, Lawler's deal with the WWF allowed him to pretty much do whatever he wanted to do outside of WWF. Yeah, we're talking '93 where he was still working with Coruso a lot because wasn't he in the NWA tournament at some at some point or whatever? Um, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, so he could have done whatever he wanted, and I'm sure that Gilbert would have would have much rather had Lawler come in than than Funk. But Funk would is easily your number two. Mm-hmm. I mean, if not your one A, right? Right. He's your your other, your other guy. That's just what I took from it. I thought they were, I thought they were booking this with the idea of we're going to be able to get Lawler, and then it just obviously never happened. 
Oh, it's probably money. And it was probably dates, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I guess, you know, Mondays, you know, where he's at on Mondays. Right. And then, and then whatever. I mean, at the Coliseum, whatever, when Raw was being taped, you know where he's at. Either way, you know, he's at Raw or he's at the Coliseum on Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you can, it ain't too hard to find Lawler if you're looking for him. So the next match here after the Gilbert video is a complete and utter clusterfuck. It is the Suicide Blondes, which is, of course, as we've established, Jonathan Hotbody, Chris Candido, and Sir Richard Michaels against the Super Destroyers and our friend Sal Balomo. Aaron, you want to go first? (laughs) Yeah, Aaron, you should go first. This is bad. (laughs) This is really bad. It's really bad. Um. I would have thought the um, I would have thought the van they used was uh, Sal's, but it had windows and didn't say free candy on it, so that was probably not his van. But um, once again in this match, um, Chris Candido is just the shining star of the whole thing. Like he's the he's the diamond in the rough of this fucking train wreck of a match. Yeah, the problem. I mean, the main the main thing was. As good as Chris was, is however whatever time frame this was, he was not good enough to be an orchestrator. Yeah. Um, he wasn't good enough to carry five other guys. <laughs> no, that 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 wasn't going to happen. Like I mean, I saw I saw a million times, a bazillion times, where he was calling spots, mm-hmm. and he was putting himself, you know, in a position. To do shit, but well, other guys just weren't there. The one that I absolutely noticed was uh, Candido tries. Yeah, no, Candido tries to jump over one of the super D's. Oh yeah, and he the super the, su- the super the super D is by no means by no means duck slow enough. So Candido just drops, gives him a pile driver. Like, it was like it was like that's a natural right there. Like he did it flawlessly. But, no, I didn't see that. Wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, he, yeah, he Candido tries the the guy does the the super D, whichever one it was, doesn't dug down enough, and Candido basically hops over him, and right when he tries to hop over him, he just straddles the guy's neck, so he's just like, "Fuck it, pile driver." <laughs> and, pile driver the guy, uh, and, and it's impressive as shit because it's a guy Candido size pile driving one of the super D's, and yeah. Well, it's not my fault that Super D's aren't that fucking good. (laughs) I'm just saying they're big motherfuckers, and Candido picked them up like he was a garbage bag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Candido Candido is like Doug Furness fucking goofy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he's he's like that. Yeah, I I, I wasn't a big fan of like that that whole entire match was another one of the ones I'm not watching this. It was just too much going on, and I wrote it was an indie match. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they got they got like three they got like three heats on the baby faces. Yeah, and th- I wrote that down. It's a sloppy match, and it was way too fucking long. It was so long for as bad as it was. It also is the it feels like the end of Hot Body too. I mean, Hot Body's just the guy getting his ass kicked the whole match. Well, mm. Hot Body's not going to be done until you see him against me, so that's coming up in a couple of months. But, yeah. I, I didn't realize I was the end of Hot Body. 
But uh, apparently neither, it was. <laughs> neither did he. Neither did he, Chad. Yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, no. No, he didn't. <laughs> um, I, it, I mean, the match was so sloppy and everything. I don't even know what. Was there an actual finish? Like, did I? No. Um, fucking uh, Wild Man Sal hits um, Hunter Q. Robbins. And Paulie's like, oh, you don't hit managers. And then he runs down there for absolutely no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. And hit somebody with a phone. I can't even remember who he hits with a phone. And then it's just everybody comes out with trash cans and beats the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and that's what... <laughs> well. Wasn't wasn't that? Didn't that become the opening of the show where Hunter, where Paulie hits Hunter Q with the phone? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the spot? Maybe. No, no. Paulie actually comes down to defend Hunter Q Robinson in this one. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Well, either sure, way, I'm sure. I mean, because I mean, September's coming, and that's when, I, like I said, I debut, and you're not going to see Hunter Q anymore. So it's mm-hmm. coming up. So, so yeah, either way, there's that enough for that. <laughs> I mean, when it starts, like Paulie and his little group come out to like help Hunter the Suicide Blondes, and yeah. the, but then it turns out everybody's just kicking the shit out of everybody. Makes no sense. And just clubbing each other with trash cans at random. Just whoever. Whoever you can club with a trash can, just club them with a fucking trash can. That's the that's the point there, I guess. Well, that's ECW. <laughs> and like I said, as, as feeble as it was, this was obviously to me a show that is planting the seeds for what they want this company to be. You know, well, and like also- I said... Which also leads me to believe that um, we're starting to see more and more Paul, less and less Eddie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This show, it's 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 totally noticeable. Even though they're still doing the Eddie King gimmick because they, you know, they they went all in with it and had the punk match and everything. They have to they have to pay it off. But this show was definitely very Paulie heavy, and you can see his hands and his his fingerprints all over the show this week more than any show we've seen so far, I think. Yeah, and you'll start you'll start seeing that as weeks go on. Because I think they have a a, a month or two where they do it out of their quote unquote studio. Yeah. You know, like that's all like it's all tape stuff. They got that Eddie thing. going and they have Eddie going around Philly and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Well that's all that's even older stuff. Like that stuff goes back like months and months and months before any of this stuff yeah. that we're going to see with Paulie taking over. But yeah, once they start doing it from the um, the quote unquote studios, mm-hmm. it's yeah. when you're going to start seeing a change. Because I, I I I look at my tapes and I, I see oh those bad companies showing up. Like, what is Pat Tanaka and Paul Diamond showing up? <laughs> it's it can't be good, right? <laughs> this is not going to be what they call a good a transaction. <laughs> so overall, to me, like I know last week. Well, I guess I won't count the Super Summer Sizzler because that was kind of a special event. We'll go back to the last TV show. The last TV show, I actually gave it a three. This one kind of backslid for me. I gave it a two out of five because there wasn't a lot. What was good was good, but what was bad was more 
<laughs> really bad. Yeah, 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 really bad. Yeah. You ain't got you ain't got a fucking candy coat. It. <laughs> it was what it was. Mm-hmm. It that's, was what it that's was. That's actually on my notes. I I didn't really give the show a rating. I just said the show was kind of weird. wasn't good. wasn't bad. It was just kind of there. Mm-hmm. They didn't advance anything. They didn't end anything. It was just a fucking show. I've I've never given any ECW show a three or or better. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not going to give this show a three or better. I'm <laughs> going to give it a two and a quarter because I I like what they were trying to do to let you know that they had stars, but I didn't think they did enough to advance any of the stars, right? To, to make you give a shit about them. And the ones, the one guy they wanted you to give a shit about was buried in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. and that was JT Smith. At the end of the show, you should remember J.T. Smith. If you're going to build somebody, you know, yeah, yeah. not all yeah, right. people. Like, why so, not? Why not do like a deal where, like, he got he did that like amazing fucking bunk, got thrown off of it. Why not be like, holy shit, J.T. had this happen to him, and let's do some follow up. Like, now he's at the hospital, or, or you know, like that. Type yeah, of really. Thing. The only follow up they had to it was. Um, Polly kept mentioning that's the most amazing death defying thing I've ever seen. But like you said, to your, to your point here, and there's no follow up on anybody's medical condition or anything like that. So yeah, absolutely. Missed opportunity. We did find out in the credits though, that Mr. Sully's formal wear was provided by the wedding touch in (laughs) Frazier, Pennsylvania, which is probably also, which was probably (laughs) also owned by Todd Gordon. Well, I wonder if I go there to get my tuxedo for my wedding. <laughs> if I mention Todd Gordon or or JD, just walk, just walk in. I forgot. Chad, Chad, Chad and they'll add another seven dollars to the bill. Just, I was going to say, Chad, <laughs> just walk in and go. Give me the Sully. Yeah, <laughs> they'll give you a yellow uh, cover bun and tie. <laughs> I look like Mister Roper in a love boat. <laughs> Yeah, here you go. Look at this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I mean, I, I see where they're going, but they, I mean, you guys can clearly tell they don't have a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot to, you know, that you can go to in the can. I mean, hence the reason why they had the Kolwoffs promo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they needed a, a, a minute and a quarter to kill. You know, whatever. The pro, the, the Kolwoffs, seriously. <laughs> You know, you know that they weren't they weren't coming back. You know, and yeah. in the matches, the Moroccos they're going to start seeing less of them because you know Todd's dollar is not going to stretch that far. You know, right? So I guess as, less of them as I always do at the end of the show every week, we'll run down here from the WWE Network description of what we're going to be watching next week, and I find this interesting part of it. On this edition of Eastern Championship Wrestling, Jimmy Superfly Snuka puts the TV title on the line in a match against Tommy Cairo. Plus... Again? Yeah, yeah, again. Plus, Ivan and Vladimir Koloff in action. I bet this match is canned. I bet we're going to see... This match is going to look like it was from like six months prior. I can't wait. Because there's no way that they were in the ECW arena. There's no way. It's going to be a Carbini College 
can match. The triple um, C. Kirbini College canned. <laughs> and, of, and also a look at how hot stuff Eddie Gilbert became king of Philadelphia. So I guess we're going to be watching the, the Eddie Gilbert-Terry Funk match again. And Sir Richard Michaels takes on Sal Balomo. So well, that, I can and, already tell you. That goes to tell you right now, they don't have anything. <laughs> Nothing left in the can until the next um, arena show. I mean... <laughs> If you yeah. got, if, if you guys want to argue me, feel free. Go no. ahead. Um, <laughs> I'm right there. What you just told me right there, which means they are out of stuff. Polly's like, Polly's like, we have a call off promo. Do we have a call off match, sir? <laughs> <laughs> and how much you want to bet it's against the Wolfman and, and, and um, JT Thrasher or whatever. Or one of the easy riders. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, that that's yeah that that just reeks of now. Paulie's taking over, and all you're gonna see is just best of shit. Like for the next, you know, <laughs> until he gets his grip on things. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 yeah. Oof. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that Ivan and Chicken Farmer match. I'm waiting for it, man. I'm sure you, you are. All right, Aaron, any parting words? I don't go out of your way to watch this recap. Don't go out of your way to watch this on the network. You, you've listened to us, so you've seen enough of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, was there was that. a great there was a great clip of, of uh, Eddie Gilbert beating up Herve Renesto during the chain <laughs> match thing when he was the come on. I mean, don't discredit the whole entire show. And apparently the Cosbys were there. From- <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> you said the African-American family. So I- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. improvised. <laughs> yeah, go back, go back and watch that. They showed like, some African-American family just out of nowhere <laughs> in the crowd. <laughs> and I, I, I just like, you know, I don't care. But I was just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad, any parting words here? No, but I mean, you can always follow me on the Twitter. I'm uh, um, I'm assuming I'm Chad Idol Demira, and you're and working pop- you're working hard on Chad's Video Vault too. I've noticed a lot of oh, action yeah, going dude. on there this week. Well, yeah, I'm I'm running a I'm running a deal now where it's it's ten for ten or whatever I posted, <laughs> ten for ten, twelve for twelve, whatever it is, and it includes. <laughs> Whatever it is, but all you got to do is you got you got to put in the um, what do they call that? The um, the number thing where you got the promo code. No, yes, promo code. Yeah, <laughs> Xmas chaos. Like somebody's <laughs> gonna message me and, and put Xmas chaos, <laughs> and they're gonna and I'm gonna look at them going, I don't even think I had that show. <laughs> like, what, wasn't that the show with Undertaker and Smokey Mountain? <laughs> Like nobody has that show. <laughs> so yeah, I never really thought about that. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but Chad's video vault on Facebook. I have a outstanding array of, of videotapes that I'm never gonna put mass listings to on. It, you know promo, promo code, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's uh Curtis Chaos. <laughs> And if you're if you're a listener of the show but not a member of our Facebook group, please do join the 
We're up to <clears> 91 <throat> members. Yes. Please do join the Reliving the Extreme Facebook group. We're happy to have you. That being said, we're going to sign off here. Thank you both for joining me this week. And we will see you all next week. Vibin and Vladimir Koloff in tag team action. Lord, I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you yeah. next week, ladies and gentlemen. Chatoata!